Well, I'm going to go ahead and set this up for you if you've never seen All About Eve before. This movie starts out with Betty Davis, as Moya said, she is the grand dame of the theater, critically acclaimed. Every single director and playwright wants her. Right. This character, Margot Channing, they want her to star in everything that they do. <laughs> and <clears throat> this has been her whole life up until now. And then one evening there is a, I guess you could say, hanger on. Mm-hmm. She's waiting outside the stage Looks door. Like a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, she's wearing, and Betty Davis says, oh, that little thing. Yeah, yeah. She, I see her, she's wearing this trench coat and the funny looking little yeah, hat. Right. She comes in and she looks like humble and starstruck. Right, like a butter would melt in her mouth. And yeah. she says to Betty Davis, oh, I've watched every single one of your performances. And so she gets uh, her, Betty Davis's best friend introduces her to everybody there. And before you know it, she has ingratiated yes. herself with yes. everybody. Yes. And she very subtly, but very slyly, insinuates herself yes. into Betty Davis's life. In her world. And yes. very slowly, uh, even though she looks like she's kind of like this person who just uh, is like waiting on her. And, yeah, like and, totally and like innocent. Her, right. and innocent and helping her out. She is working behind the scenes, and what is happening is astonishing. Yes. Because... She not only tries to take over her entire career, right. she tries to take her man away from her, and then, and then you realize she's trying to take her life yes. from her. Yes, it's really insidious. Well played. It, well yes, <laughs> yes. And all the time she's playing done. like just oh, innocent. Right. Yes, like butter would melt in her mouth. She's right. innocent, but there's flashes. You will see there's scenes where mm-hmm. you will get a glimpse of right. her, and yeah, you see her true like character. the. Vicious. Eve yeah. is, is Eve is evil. She is. This woman is evil, and and so you see the happening. There's one scene where Betty Davis catches her, and she just uh, kind of like dismisses it, but she has to have her gown cleaned yeah. and go to wardrobe, and she and Eve has her gown, and she's in mm-hmm. in the stage that she has in front of her, and she's pretending like she's bowing, and then all bow, of a sudden when she's right. Betty Davis catches she, her she, by surprise, yeah, and the it. look on her face, mm-hmm. and so. But there's times in this movie where Betty Davis will have a flash of insight mm-hmm. and she'll realize something that Eve has done and you see the way she acts it. There's a pause there. It's very rich and I mean it's a very pregnant pause, very rich. And you can see that like she's right. like realizing what's going on. And I mean that that's real acting there. Yes. But you know, I have to say, there's a character that both Wayne and I like very much. Thelma Ritter in this movie. She has some great lines. Thelma Ritter, for those of you who are classic movie fans, she's, I can't even name the movie, all the movies, but she, she's another one steals the show. And what's so funny, she and Gary Merrill will talk about his his character because he was uh, Margot's Betty Davis' love, love interest. She, she, Sniffs out Eve like that. I mean, like within the first freaking yes. scene. And I'm like, if Betty Davis would have listened to her, there would be no movie. Because, oh, and the looks on Thelma, the eye rolls, and and, and, and we know people, and I, well, I'm Thelma Ritter, basically, in other people's lives. <laughs> no poker face, no filter. And, and I mean, so, and we know people like this. 
And I've been in situations where I've tried to tell friends or whatever, like, this person, like on Seinfeld, this is not my type of guy, you know, like that. And, you know, they don't want to see it or they... And I think with Betty Davis' character, Margot, do you have the sense that she felt she was so queen-like or, like, so untouchable or just aloof and just dismissive of, of, of Ann Baxter, of Eve, because she was Margot Channing, do you think she I had? think that's exactly what was going on. Okay. I mean, she had been... Uh, in such a position where she felt very powerful and um, had all this fame and adulation, and here's mm-hmm. this person she's a nobody, and like she's yeah. still threatened by her. No, she did. But she, but that's how amazing this whole thing is when right. it ha- when you see it happening, um, because she just she's like the last person almost to catch on to it. <laughs> Yes. 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 And then of course, but then there's another person who does yes. besides Thelma Ritter, and yes. we will we'll cover him too. Right. And well, yeah, he, two two more people. So Thelma Ritter was first. Two, we just say George Sanders. George Sanders. We'll Sanders, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll pontificate more on that. And and Gary Merrill, the love interest. So in that order, Thelma Ritter, George Sanders, and Gary Merrill. And then uh, Celeste home once once Eve yes. takes her man like that. Yeah, <laughs> she, yes. she, then it was like, oh okay, this, this she's a witch, you know, like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So go ahead. Well, you know, uh, there's there's at the very uh, outset of the movie when um, Eve is giving her story, her backstory about her yeah. humble beginnings. Yeah. Thelma Ritter chimes in. <laughs> and she says, uh, she says. And the bloodhounds were snapping at her rear end too, <laughs> and so she just. And, but the way she delivers and it, and Ann Baxter it's, knows it's immediately. Common. Like, I don't want no more of her. I want no more parts of this old broad because she sniffed me. <laughs> and Thelma Ritter, because yes. she's the bloodhounds, you know. If you wanna, yeah. No more parts of this old broad because she sniffed me. <laughs> and Thelma Ritter, because yes. she's the bloodhounds, you know. If you wanna, yeah. Well, I mean, the performances in this movie, they play off each other so oh, magnificently. You're not watching a movie. You are watching ah. <laughs> a scene, a, a, a scene, you're at a party, and you're at these people's house, and you are watching their lives unfold. It is not a movie. I, you know, I don't feel like it's a movie, you know what I'm saying? Because it's so real. It's almost like they are talking, actually talking as yeah. this is happening, yes. Yeah. It doesn't feel scripted yes. at all or produced. No. And I tell you, in the party scene, because oh, yes. there is, you see it's such so a much range, a range of emotions with Betty Davis's character, Margot Channing, and she is feeling somewhat threatened at the party scene because her love interest, Gary Merrill, has had this uh, tête-à-tête going on with Eve, and so. She's so she shows a little bit of like female oh you know some some, some jealousy and a little bit of mm-hmm. you know and and so you see some things going on uh, in this gamut of emotions that she's running um, sometimes you know she'll be kind of like uh, bitter and sarcastic and acerbic and right. other times she'll be kind of a little melancholy and I mean mm-hmm. she will show some outrage I mean right. you see the spectrum the here she yeah. she you this movie you get the complete Betty Davis right. she can be funny she can be angry she's she's really amazing in this movie and I tell you in the party scene you see the introduction of a very 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 young very beginning Marilyn yes. Monroe, Marilyn is, Monroe. In, is in the movie if you blank you 
hurt near a miss her. I, I tell you, I don't even drink. I wanted to have a martini. I want to stand there at that party and, have, and listen yes. in on everything. Each because scene draws you in. You are not a, you are not on the outside. You are in there with these people, in on these conversations. That's why just brilliance by the, the uh, director and, and the actors in the production. Just brilliant. You know, there's a point in this party where Margot retreats to the kitchen and she has a conversation and it's very telling about what's going on with her and to allow herself to be so vulnerable because she says, you know, three months ago I turned 40, 4-0, and she says, admitting that makes me feel like I've just taken off all my clothes. I mean, because I love I love she, she knows, it's amazing, she said, the way she says it. it but it's, like, it was Whoa. just pinpoint accuracy of the emotion of how women are treated when we start to age. We become invisible, some of us, or if we're in the beauty and entertainment industry, you know you you only have a limited amount. It's gotten a hair better now, but it's still, well, America worships you. You live your And another thing that really got me about this movie is there's a conversation that she has with the scriptwriter, and he's telling her, you're just supposed to, you're the person, you're the voice to all my right. brilliant screenwriting. You don't, you're not supposed to be like, uh, it's like saying the piano doesn't write the music. Yeah, she's not no, real. you know, you're not, no. I mean, he, he looks at her as like she's a vehicle. Right. She's just the person, she's just kind of like the tool yeah. like out there. Right. It's not like, he doesn't want people to see her, he wants people to see well, right. his, you know, work. It, his work, his right. lines, his writing, exactly. the brilliance of it. And he was an idiot. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> yes. And, and so, once again, it's about how you get a glimpse of the theater world mm-hmm. and about the um, competition yeah. and the personalities, yeah. the clashing. Yeah, it was a so. You and I earlier were talking about non-traditional male roles in a lot of these classic movies. So let's move on to because there were three male characters in the uh, main characters in the movie. So Gary Merrill's uh, character, which was Margot Channing, uh, Betty Davis' love interest. I felt that he played a non-traditional... Because some people would say, well, all about it was a woman's movie. Or, no, it's not. It's, just, it's a general movie. It's, you know, you got a man characters or women. But I want to say it's a, a, a male male rights or go male movie because Gary Merrill's... I had George Lavin. I said he was almost like the Jiminy Cricket <laughs> of the, of the uh, movie because... When he finally saw, because I don't want to give too much away, Eve, Eve made a move and she moved too quick, and he was like, now nah, wait a minute now, you know, okay, now nah, I see what's happening. So he started seeing who, who she was, you know, before more going on, like George and I were saying, a lot of times in these, these movies today, the man is an idiot, the woman knows everything, she's om- omniscient, and, you know, like she's gossy, and the man is so stupid. But no, they flipped it. Margot, and we're going to talk about this because I want to get your feet on that. He saw Eve for what she was before Margot tried to warn her, and 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 they almost they almost broke up over it. And kind of kind of Eve was kind of manipulating that, but Margot was helping. But he was really the smarter, if you want to put it like that. 
or the more or the less naive or the more in tune than Betty Davis's character. Which to me, if you go back and look at a lot of these old movies, the men weren't really like they weren't smart like that. Like Gary Merrill. And I'm pretty sure there was, because I, I mentioned Sterling Hayden, um, him and um Betty was in the star and he was kind of the voice of reason. But even if the man was the voice of reason, they still balanced it with him being an idiot. But this movie was so smart and so realistic, they would not allow anyone to to be cartoonish, if that's the better word. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, they were real. They, they were real. real. No, go no, back no, no, to no, no, where no. I was going to go back to where um, we were talking about George Sanders because I was looking at the props that this man had because on anybody else he has this pain. He has, <laughs> he has a, a cigarette holder. Anybody would look like ridiculous. Mr. Peanut. Yeah, they would. <laughs> Mr. But, Monopoly. But not, Mr. But Monopoly. not him. He has this, like Moya was saying, this rich stentorian voice with the British accent. Yes. But then his, he, he's tall and, and just elegantly and dressed. Elegant. Yes. But yet it's all to mask this man is yes. so smarmy. And diabolical. he is diabolical and he even has this scene with Eve and he says we're like the same. He yes, says, "Yes, and you he, and I yes. were not able to love or to be loved. Yes. We're nothing but pure ambition. We're ambition, yeah. and we deserve each other." And and <laughs> I so, love that. but the way he like, yeah, the way he cuts, he cuts yeah, her he cuts down her, to size, and you know she will and, not recover. Oh no! Uh, and, and but the thing about this is that it's, I got. A creeped out when I was watching what Eve was doing, and then mm -hmm. when I saw what George Sanders did, he mm -hmm. creeped me out too. Yeah, that's a because good word it was to put almost it. because I saw how things are turning. Because you think one person is is in control of the tables. That's what's so great about right. the plot twist right. in this movie. Right, it keeps changing on plots. It mm -hmm. keeps changing, right. and the, that's why the plot is so delicious. Like Moya says, it really is in this movie. It's not just character driven, but no, it's right. the, it moves. It's I pacing, think the plot the dialogue, is the star of the show. The if plot, you really want to be yeah, honest really, with you, the plot is so yeah, great. Right. Oh, the man. plot and the dialogue, definitely. Mm -hmm. It is. But you know this Gary Merrill, Merrill character. You know he. You see him appreciate Eve for all of the insecurities, for all of the bravado that she has. Everything in there. He truly. Loves this woman. What and do you mean, Margot? Yeah, Margot. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for Margot. Yes, and you know, and I, I was wondering how he's going to deal with the temptation, right? Eve, like mm -hmm. a boy. I mean, there, that's not lost. She is a, mm -hmm. you know, she's a temptress. The temptress. And then when she, you know, I mean, nobody's safe from Eve, and no. you're going to see no. this in this movie. Nobody is safe no. from her. No, 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 no. Yeah, and, and so, but. That is the one thing that you really have to admire about the Gary Merrill character. He's a and and coincidentally, we have to get into the behind the scenes of trivia. Those of you who are Betty Davis fans know that she and Gary Merrill married soon after this, and divorced not too long. So <laughs> but like uh, Georgie was saying, it was pretty much an open secret that these people were having an affair because they both were married at the time, right? They were. Well, actually, she was ending. She wasn't quite divorced. She was ending her marriage to, um, uh, his name was Cheryl. And then um, she, yes, they carried on um, an affair during the filming of this movie. He was he was married at the time. And so, yes, they both um, 
divorced their spouses and got married, you know, very soon after this movie was completed. It's true, absolutely. But, you know, but that also explains the chemistry that she has. I mean, that's why they, they play so well. But, you know, Betty Davis is... She elevates everybody. You know the saying where all the all the boats or the ships rise. You know mm -hmm. well, she she does that because right. he does that because right. this is such a perfect uh, triumph of casting in this movie. Yes, because it's perfect. Every person acts so well. There's not one person who doesn't do a right. bad. Nobody does a bad job in this movie. Right. They're all like spot on. Perfect, and that's one of the things about this movie that just makes people want to see it again and again. Yes, yes, yes. I could look at it like at least once a month. I could look at it for the rest of my life for once a month. And back to she and Gary Merrill. So they asked Gary Merrill, you know, what was the demise of because they did another movie together, Another Man's Poison. I've seen it, it was okay. Um, but by that time, I think the marriage was falling apart, um, which was it wasn't that long after uh, Eve. But he said, well, the problem was we both fell in love with the characters we played. You know, and once you yell cut, then the real person comes out and be like, oh, gosh, what did I just do? And I say, wow. But don't we do that in real life? Because I don't know who said it. But they said, when you're dating, that person you see on Saturday night, that's not the real person you're dating. They said, the real person you're dating is locked up in a cage somewhere just waiting to come out. <laughs> highly discouraged or if you do a workplace romance you have to keep that as secret as to where the real goal is and because it, it's not at Fort Knox you better you better you better keep that so freaking secret because and don't tell you can't tell anybody because I like I said I just wouldn't do it I, I don't know I don't know and it, it, suppose you found so suppose you found the love of your life at work you 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 feel would you would you pursue it or what would you do? Gosh, what a question! Um, you know, although you know, common sense tells you that that's not really a good idea to do that. Um, I'm not going to say that it's not impossible for you to find you know someone who's you know really you know a, a good match for you and somebody who you really you know have a future with. So I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's not. But I think that the deck is really stacked against you because if things go awry, like you said, oh boy, it just poisons the whole work atmosphere. And I've seen it happen before yeah. in other places where I've worked. Mm -hmm. But um, So, I mean... It's, it's a gamble. It, it, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, but it's just like getting divorced and y'all were going to the same church. Because somebody brought that up like, well, should I now leave the church... Or, or should, if we were both going at 8 o'clock, but now I'm going to go to 11 o'clock, you know what I'm saying? It's like, who, who, and then we all have the same friends, so do, do we not have to see who gets custody of the friends? It's, it's a bit much. Yeah. So, but anyway, that happens. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I said that happens. Um, but, but anyway, back to movie. So, um, we talked, so let's talk about the other guy in the movie, Richard Carlson's character, who was a dum-dum. Um, it's almost like this clown could not wait to have an affair on his wife. Don't you think? That's how I felt. And, and maybe I'm reading it wrong. But Eve wasn't in the... She had of all maybe two scenes and he was in love with her. And I'm like, what the hell? No. I mean, I get Eve was a hot, hotsy-totsy. But I mean, but because 
it burned me up because him and Celeste home, I know, like I said, pitch perfect casting. They were married, the perfect wife. And obviously he took her for granted and just, you know, she had built her whole, she wasn't stupid or anything, but she had built her whole world about around him and his career. She worshipped him and his career. And the betrayal. Like I told you guys, this movie has so many plots and things going on. So the betrayal. And then with this little strumpet. But, it, but do you think, girl, if Phyllis Diller would have came through the door, he'd have had a, an affair with her. He was just so effing. Thelma Ritter wasn't safe around that idiot. I mean, he was... How dare you? I know. But do you I, I think know. she was because it was extremes? Celeste Home was so and he was so bad. And and it just turned oh, yeah. him on, you think? Oh, you know, that didn't occur to me until you just now said that. But mm -hmm. that may be entirely what it was because Celeste Home, her character was so supportive of him. In fact, she was making decisions and she was saying, No, I don't want you to put even this and she was um, you know, giving him lots of you know great right. support and and, right. and if, I mean it, it was like the the package together. You got yeah. the two of them. Right. I mean, she was so. I mean, and he admired the fact that she was well educated. I mean, he even talked about she went to Radcliffe and mm -hmm. and all that. But then it occurs to me that you know these two, like the first person that Eve befriended was this character, his wife. Was Richard's wife, so yeah. played by Celeste well, she, Holmes. She, 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 and the low-hanging fruit. She know who to go for because yeah. Celeste yeah. Holmes was so sweet. Yes, she was. And then for her to like uh, try and pull the wool over his eyes and say, "Oh, you're going to write great things, and I'm going to star in them, and we're going to be this wonderful combination together." And and then for him to even you know be tempted and not see through her like the. The Machiavellian person that well, she was. Well, his ego, that, she, that's why he yes, was so she's, a master manipulator because yes. she knew just what to say to people to get them. And if you weren't, you know, smart enough, I guess, to see through her, yeah. Well, if you, there's some scenes in this movie where you see it, she turns on a dime. Yeah, she can she act all like, does. oh, I'm so humble, I'm so appalled. And then, yeah. then the next thing she does is she Brilliant. is... Brilliant blackmailing, acting. backstabbing. Yes. I mean, all within like boom, boom. It turns like that, and you see it on her face. Right. She switches. This is an amazing role, an amazing performance yeah, by Ann Baxter. Wonderful. She is evil, but at the same time, you almost want to feel sorry for her. And I caught myself. I once. never felt sorry for her. I, the only time I did was never that that interplay with George Sanders. But the thing nope. is, is. <laughs> Is like I almost I'm did, like, but then again I thought, oh, she's horrible. She's she deserves everything that's coming to her. No. And yeah. then, but then there is like a twist ending where you see like, oh boy. Yeah, don't, yeah we're not. Uh, gonna we're tell not gonna you. give it away. But yeah, that, but, but the, the sto this story is not over until the credits roll. Absolutely. Because and it has several acts, and just when you think something has yeah. reached its cadence, okay, and that's it. Nope. Mm -mm. And I'm telling, like Jordan said, don't fold clothes, don't go wash your hair, don't That's go right. pause it, put on some depends. I don't know whatever you gotta do, <laughs> but you cannot. If you miss one scene, you're gonna have to go back because they all feed into the next scene, and, and to keep the plot going. But I did not feel sorry at any point. Because, like I told you, I'm Thelma Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, who I you am. Are, you are and I think, <laughs> I don't know why I'm like, I've always, been, unfortunately, I've always been like that ever since a kid. You know, and I used to 
say it was a blessing and a curse from God. I've always been able to see through people. This is, and see, this is a lesson for anyone. Like I said, it's not a women's film. It is a human story because if you want to know if somebody's playing you, they're going to do universally one thing. Honey, like the Bible says, is going to drip, is going to drip from their lips. And that's what we say diabolical because it is. They know just what, they can look at you and it's evil because they can read you and without you saying a word, like Georgia, I don't know if you can see, she has this beautiful scarf on and this necklace. And she, purple just happens to be my color. So if I'm a, a charlatan or a con artist, I, girl, this purple is gorgeous. And it, not only is it gorgeous, it makes you look da-da-da-da-da. And you know, women, we're vain. And so I'm giving her all kinds of, you have good taste, you look good, you're smart. And men do that to women who try to, you know, play their game. And women do it to men, too. But Eve would do this on steroids. And she had an agenda. And she would meet it. And I said, even when she came on with that old ratty raincoat, I said, she had went to the to the porn store or grabbed no out the garbage and took it off Columbo's back because that's exactly what it, it looked like. It looked like Columbo. It was a costume. Because no one... It was post, this is post World War II. No one, she looked like she came straight out of the Depression. No one looked like that. And so when I saw that, I was like, now see, you trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> you trying too hard. Well, this is like Betty Davis says in her famous line Fast you see it, Bells, it's going to be a bumpy night. Mm -hmm. You do have to really strap yourself in because the tables are going to be turned on you again and again yeah. when you watch this movie. Right. And so, like Moya just said, is you are going to have. It's not over till it's over because it keeps shifting. And this is such a fun thing to watch. The time will pass, but I'm telling you, you blink, you will miss a major key component right. of this because there are so many nuances in the acting, in the dialogue. Yes. The, it's, at times, it's very witty. It's kind of sarcastic. And the thing about this movie is the themes, this is... This movie, that's what holds up today because we were talking earlier about how they talk about age. They talk about women's roles and what you give up in a career. Yes. And, and that it, the things that we every one of us can relate to, we think about, all that. And then Betty Davis, at, at a point in the movie, you're seeing how she is reflecting on, like, what is there life beyond the theater? She right. starts to, to think about right. that. And so... There is um, a growth in her character that you see in this movie, which is very... Um, and, and you see about the relationship with she and Gary Merrill, how it grows and matures and, and it moves right. to another point. Yes, yes. How's it all? It's delicious. It's got homewreckers. It's got villains. <laughs> it's got... <laughs> it's got star... Yeah, it's, it's got glamorous. It, yes, yeah. it's glamorous. So if you want to just... Sit down with some popcorn yes. in, in, a, in your favorite beverage. Right, and just lose yourself. It's, you know what it is? It's like soap operas. I haven't looked at a soap opera in a long time, but, uh, you know, we'll, 
George and I always have this running joke. I'm like, it's Dallas good. So remember when Dallas first came out and Dallas and Falcon Crest and all those good late night and Dynasty? Yeah. It's Dallas good, man. It's like a little two-hour soap opera, and it packs it in, and it's just, there's it, it, no corniness about it or like, oh, this is a letdown. No. It is a real-life soap opera. It just happens to be a, a movie. Black and white movie. And so, one thing we, we left out before we conclude the movie starts with Ann Baxter's character receiving, I guess, the equivalent of the theater award yes. or whatever. And yes. that's a funny yes. way to start it because the movie it starts the movie starts in the middle of a of a scene, you know, um, which is you know which was different. But a little trivia for those of you who some of you may already know, but those you don't know. Of course, the like Georgia said was nominated for almost every Academy Award that year, but the Best Actress one was so controversial because Betty and Ann, they were both nominated for Best Actress. They split the vote. Betty lost, and Betty Davis felt so cheated because she said Ann Baxter should have been Best Supporting, and I and. You know, and hot because I'm just such a Betty Davis fan. I would have loved to her to get another Oscar. I don't know. Um, I could see her and Baxter being supportive for Betty's argument. But let me tell you something. They were together. Ann Baxter was matching her. She was. And it was not, yes, Betty Davis was the biggest star, but Ann Baxter was oh, a star. Did. Was she a star did. herself. And she did this. So I don't know. It's you know, it was a tough call to make. Unfortunately, you know, uh, neither you say Judy Holiday won, and she and George and I started a whole other conversation about that. Um, but Betty Davis, her or Ann Baxter should have won. I mean, I don't know. If I'd have been voting, I don't know who I'd have voted for because it was just. I don't know. I would have known. Oh, man. Well, you had such stellar performances. Right. File 3. It was a right. very tough year. But to make you appreciate the movie, what made me appreciate you had such stellar performances. Right. File 3. It was a right. very tough year. But to make you appreciate the movie, what made me appreciate the movie even more was the fact that Betty Davis had only 10 days advance notice before she started filming this movie. And she was given the script, she looked at it, and she immediately knew she had lightning in a bottle. Mm -hmm. She said in her own words, she said, I was on cloud nine. She was so delighted with it. She knew that this was the role that would be career, yeah. this would, like, she said to Joseph Mankiewicz, this movie resurrected my career and so she was able to go on and from that point on her career was um, healthy and she had all the star power and continued mm -hmm. acting well into her 80s right even after the stroke but right. what I thought was so so amazing about this is she has this meeting with Joseph Mankiewicz and he they're discussing the character so she knows how to play her and he there's one sentence that he says to her that tells her everything she needed to know about the role. She goes, and I'm gonna, I, I guess I'll use this. She goes, he said to me, the Margot Channing character is a woman who wears a mink stall as if it were a poncho. <laughs> like that. And this tells you everything about her attitude, about the star power this woman has that she's used to I deserve. Yes, I yeah. do. I deserve. She's a queen. So she's a queen. She is. Yeah. She is truly. Empress. Ann Baxter 
it goes, it matches the level of her performance. She is uh, captivating in this role. You cannot take your eyes off of her because when you see how she can switch so just seamlessly yes you, that's what I said. you have to pay attention because this will teach you especially if you want to be an actor but this will teach you how to watch the nuances of a master manipulator because they don't ever get in your face and, and do no. this to she, you. She doesn't no do that. it's so subtle and so I mean and that's Very. the people I know who are master manipulators that's how they are. It's it's so you don't even know you're being sucked in until it's too late. And or or you know they're like, man, this person, this sounds too good to be true. Or why am I so interested in what this person but but there like any kind, there is some part of you that wants to believe it. Yeah. And that's how they get you. Yes. Any good kind, that's how they get you. And there's always some ring of truth through it. Yeah. With any good kind, yeah. they have to have some nugget of truth to hook you in and keep you hooked in. And once you're in it, man, you're in it. And that's how she looks. Well, riveting performances throughout. And you said, <laughs> you, Georgia has some good trivia. You were saying Jean Crane was supposed to. Yes. Jeannie Crane. Do, yeah, do a. Uh, uh, yes, was part. supposed to play, mm -hmm. yes, the part of Eve in this movie, but. Uh, she had just become pregnant, and so she knew that Too she bad. didn't. Yeah, so <laughs> yes, that's why Anne back. I, but I can't really it, imagine anybody. But no. Anne back playing this. Yes, Claudette Colbert was supposed to have been played uh -huh. Betty Davis's role, but due to a back injury, she also had to bow out. We, so and we we feel <laughs> no offense to any Jean Crane and Colbert, Claudette Colbert. Um, we would not be sitting up here talking about this no. movie. Because they just did not have the chops Didn't. to do it. Cause I, um, and as I sit here and I see a lot of families with kids, bringing them here, you know what? I don't want to hear about kids struggling and they're hungry. Because if your parents can bring a little madness for breakfast, girl, I wish we I wish. I First of all, we couldn't even, and I'm from a Frenchy kind of town, New Orleans, La Madeline's. You better La Madeline your behind in that. And then get them Cheerios and that, that rooster and that tiger, Kellogg, La, La Kellogg's. La um, but yeah, thanks again, George. This is always, you don't know how much fun she and I have prepping, prepping for the show, which is like five minutes before we hit press the on button, the record button, um, um, open secret. Um, but you don't know how much fun we have. And so we really hope that you enjoy it and we look forward to uh, you, you know, tuning in again to the. It was a pleasure, and and it was so much fun, Moya. Thank you for you know just everything that you brought to this today. I sure enjoyed it. Uh, it was so much fun, and I, I hope y'all appreciate the fun that we had. We had fun too. And like Georgia said, <laughs> please send us your commentary to good, bad, and the ugly, and um, we love it. We we love it. So thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you on the next time and. Bye.